Well, for those of you that I haven't met yet, <laughs> my name is Tanya Tangituimua, or as people like to call me, Tanya, take her to a movie. <laughs> I'm a retail worker by day and a dreamer by night, as we all are. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'd like to also shout out to all our mums here. Mums, you are, you are great. What would we do without you? For all the mums who, you know, whether you have children of your own, whether you're a mother figure to others, whether you're both mum and dad, and for those who represent mums who are not here with us anymore, we honour you. We honour you tonight. I want to shout out to my sister-in-law, Eva. This is her first Mother's Day. We're so excited. She gave me my very first nephew. Yes. He's so delicious. I just want to eat him. And also a shout out to my mum. I want to say, mum, for all the love you poured into us, the faith you shared with us, and also the many butt whoopings you gave us. Thank you, mum, if you're listening. Thank you. I love you and I'll see you soon. Okay, well, by now many of us would know the theme of our church for this year. Um, if you don't, if you're new or visiting or um, you're just not aware, the theme for this year is fearless, creating a courage culture. Now, I don't know if you're aware, but we've been in like a pandemic for the last two years. And in that pandemic, there's, all, there's been all sorts of uncertainty, all sorts of um, things shaken. People are, people are looking for answers. People are, are looking for the truth. People are looking for some sort of solid ground to stand on. And this theme is spot on, Pastor Jack. This theme is what we need for this year to keep moving forward. We cannot stay stuck where we are. We must keep looking forward. And if you've read the whole Bible or a book at a time, you would have come across a range of courageous personalities. Some of those personalities, they left their homelands completely, right, with nothing but a divine promise to lead them. Others faced giants and ruled kingdoms, and still others saved their entire people when they were threatened with annihilation. Okay? So there's so many stories, so many great courageous acts in the Bible that were performed by some of the most unlikely people, right? And I highly recommend reading it. I honestly like, cannot recommend enough. Go, if you have a Bible, if, if it's on your phone or a hardcover, go read the Bible. Look those people up. But what I'd like to talk to you about tonight is um, it may not appear as epic as like, you know, slaying giants or defeating larger armies with just 300 men. Yes, the Bible does have its own 300 story. Read it. <laughs> or parting a huge sea and a river. No, it's not, it's not as epic as that. But what I'd like to share with you tonight is um, something that's been more of a ongoing teaching in my life, shall we say, when it comes to me and the Lord. And that's the matter of an honest heart. Right? So it's no secret that, that people value honesty, Yeah? We're, we're drawn towards authenticity, a genuine character. We love it. We see it on the news we're about people who, who carry out acts of, of kindness, of compassion, or read articles about um, individuals who 
uh, cry out against injustice or leaders who lead courageously during um, difficult times. We love it when what we see is what we get. Yeah? What we don't like is when something or someone doesn't appear to be what, what they claim to be. Yeah? And we're very quick to call it out. We, we downright despise it. If you're, if you're an Aussie, you know this. We don't like phoniness. And believe it or not, there's a whole trend that has been born out of this, this outrage for, for fakeness. It's called cancel culture. The New York Post states that cancel culture is the phenomenon of promoting the cancelling of people, brands, and even shows and movies due to what some consider to be offensive or problematic remarks or ideologies. And in the age of social media, cancel culture has taken our world by storm. So now it's very, <laughs> it's very easy for us to see um, dishonesty and, and to call it out. I know I do that a lot. I have seven siblings. I put in a lot of hours calling them out. Right? When you grow up with seven siblings, you do that. But it takes, um, it takes a lot of guts to face the dishonesty in our own nature. You know that story about, you know, um, you have a speck in your eye, but you can't even see when you're calling it someone else. Yeah, it's like, story of my life, that's what I've done. Yeah, so... How do we do that? How do we, how, do we, how do we face the dishonesty in our own nature? Where do we get the courage to do that? Well, in Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24, David wrote, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. In this passage of scripture, we, we learn that the way we face and deal with our own crookedness is by working together with the Spirit of God. Okay? We have to do it with Him. By partnering with the Lord, we begin to develop a character of honesty. And there are four key words in these verses that point us to the direction of how this happens. So the first key word is search. Search. Search me, O God, and know my heart. The word rendered search means to dig deep, to examine uh, intimately, just like a, like a railway worker who digs up the ground layer after layer until they get to the bedrock, right? They have to reach the bedrock. So are we encouraged in this verse to invite God to do likewise in our heart, to let him dig up the layers, one layer at a time, until he reaches the bedrock of our heart. Yeah. Now, if you were to think carefully of what David is asking of the Lord, you, you might come to one of two conclusions, okay? God knowing everything about me is either going to be a, a very joyous revelation, right? Or it's going to be seen as unwelcome news, depending on how you perceive him to be. So, for example, if you and I were to see God as, as a, a stern, detached, 
ruthless taskmaster and judge whose first and only response is condemnation, then you and I run the risk of not completely knowing and understanding the nature of our heart, right? But if we see God as the lover of all souls, who sees with eyes so different from ours, then there will be a sense of joy in allowing ourselves to open up to him, to be seen by him. You might ask, well, how do you know this? How do you know he's not going to send some lightning from the sky and strike me dead? Well, I have two simple reasons to give you. The first one being, if that's how God really feels about us, that's how he sees us, he would have done it ages ago. And I'm talking about like Adam and Eve ages ago, right? We wouldn't be sitting here. That's the first reason. (laughs) And the second one being Colin Buchanan. (laughs) Stay with me. Stay with me now. Okay? Not Colin himself. It's a, a song of his I remember singing in scripture class. If you don't know who Colin is, come and see me afterwards. I'll explain to you who he is. But he's pretty popular around people my age who grew up in church or who went to scripture. Um, And the song, that scripture song was from Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 to 23. I'm going to try and read this without humming the song. (laughs) Sing it. No, no, I'm not singing it. Uh, So it goes, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Imagine that, a fresh batch of compassion every single day, every single day. And there's plenty to go around. What this verse tells me is that God's first response is compassion, not condemnation. And why is that? Why is that his first response? Because he loves you. Because he loves me. Because he loves us all. If we choose to say to the Lord, search me, O God, and know my heart, we're declaring our trust and our confidence in his great love for each and every one of us. Right? And if this is, um, if you're still not convinced, <laughs> if you're still unsure that this is God's very first response, then, then consider these words spoken by Jesus himself. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. By saying to the Lord, search me, O God, and know my heart, Not only do we declare trust and confidence, but also a willingness on our part to submit to the process of searching. This isn't done for God's sake. This is done for ours. He's not blind to, to how entrenched sin is in our lives. He sees it. And because he sees it, he wants to help us overcome sin. He wants us to understand how important this is. But he can't do that unless we are willing to partner with him. Your choice matters in this. It matters a great deal because this process of searching is dependent on our willingness to submit to the, I'll admit it, to to the very, to the often painful process 
that he uses to drag our sins into light. He won't force his way on us. He wants to work together with us. So if we invite him to look deep into our hearts, if that's our true desire, then he will enter by his spirit and his presence, the light of his presence, will shine even into the darkest parts of our nature. That's how powerful his presence is. If his light is not present, our lives become the ideal environment for sin to breed and to multiply. So I guess you can ponder on the question of, do you want, it, do you want him to come and search your heart and tell you what you need, tell you what he sees in there? I'll leave that with you. <laughs> so that's the, first, that's the first key word. The second key word is try. Try me and know my anxieties. The Passion Translation says, put me to the test and sift through my anxious cares. Now, to be very clear, this isn't a face-off. You're not having a Western standoff, okay? We're not glaring at God saying, come at me, bro. Like, that's not what this is. I know we're from Penrith, but we don't need to bring Penrith into this situation, okay? Leave Penrith out of it. This is all part of that process of knowing the true conditions of our heart. If the searching process is knowing about our hearts, then the trying or the testing process is knowing about our thoughts. Okay? In our modern uh, 21st century context, we see the heart as being uh, associated with our, our feelings, our affections, our emotions, and our thoughts as being associated with our head, right? our intellect. This wasn't so in the biblical context. The biblical context sees our hearts, our hearts were at the center of our very being. And out of it comes not only our emotions and affections, but also our thoughts, our intents. Now the difference between the two, heart and thoughts, is that one is the workshop and the other is the product. Your heart is the source. That's where your thoughts are produced. Proverbs 4.23 tells us, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. If we desire to produce an honest heart, we must be willing, okay? We must be willing to let the Lord try us, let him test us. Now, I don't know about you, but back in school, I didn't really like exams, like they made me very nervous to the point where I felt like I was going to throw up. <laughs> it was bad. I don't want to do my exam, miss, but it's just like, you got to do it. Um, but this isn't the case with God. It's not about him scrutinizing you and nitpicking. No, this is about bringing enlightenment into your life. If we remember God's great love for us, he gives us the courage to say these very words, try me and know my anxieties. We're saying, when we say these words, we're saying that we're willing to submit to any trial that will reveal the true intentions behind our thoughts. And why is that? Why is this process so important? Because like an untreated wound, if sin is not dealt with, it will slowly begin to poison you. And then eventually it will destroy you. This is not God's desire for you. He desires for you to truly 
who live. Jesus said, the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying love. This isn't a prayer that's, um, that's easy to pray. It's, it's easily spoken, but it's difficult to stick by. Right? It can be answered in ways that will almost drive us to misery. The one who says to the Lord, try me and know my anxieties, they understand the gravity of these words. It's a prayer that's not offered flippantly. So that's the second key word. The third key word is see. And see if there is any wicked way in me. I don't like to think I'm a bad person. Okay, I like to think I'm pretty good. But compared to Jesus, it's just, I've just like flopped. Yeah, just get out of there. <laughs> yes. The word rendered wicked or wickedness literally means forced labor. Forced labor is, is mandatory, dreadful labor. It comes to sorrow. The, so you could say the way of wickedness is the way of mandatory service that leads to sorrow. All sin, all sin sorry, is slavery, and it leads to a tragic end. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. By saying to the Lord, and see if there is any wicked way in me, we're aware that there are many ways in our hearts that lead to sorrow. So by inviting the Spirit of God into our heart and partnering with Him, we trust that whatever He's going to bring to light, He will set us free from it. And the fourth and final key word is lead. And lead me in the way everlasting. The contemporary English Bible says, don't let me follow evil ways, but lead me in the way that has proven true. Our natural inclination isn't always to do what is right. A lot of what we want to do leads to a whole lot of pain and grief. The longing to do what is right is there. We just don't know how to always do it. But thankfully, we have an example before us, and that's Jesus. If we walk his footsteps, you walk into that path of righteousness. So if I may have the team up, please. Now, I don't know if you've noticed from about these four words, but they're all, they're all verbs. Search, try, see, lead. These words require action to activate their meaning. Yeah? It's the same thing with honesty. The dictionary tells us that honesty is a noun. However, in order to activate the meaning of honesty, you have to do something. You have to turn it into a verb. That's where courage comes in. Courage is the action that can take honesty from being a noun to becoming a verb. One of my girls from Connect um, just near this week that's gone, she said this of courage. Fear is an emotional response, uh, often something that is difficult to control. Courage is an action. Sometimes we need to do, sometimes what we need to do is act despite what we feel. So the action will change your emotional response. What was once fear is now capability. 
it's an awfully terrifying thing to to bear your heart to anybody. I know this. I lived most of my life trying to please people, trying to hide (laughs) myself. Because I was afraid that if they saw me, they wouldn't like me and then they'd leave me all alone. Everyone would leave me. That's a lie. If that's a lie that you've held on to, let go of it. It's not for you. With God, we don't have to be afraid. He's not an eye in the sky that's looking to see every single bad thing that's happening and call you out on it and destroy you for it. No. He wants to bring you into the light. He wants you to know the truth. He wants you to be set free and live with Him. We don't have to be afraid of finding out what's deep in our heart because we know that God loves us. And with Him, we, we have life in abundance. If being honest to yourself, if facing the mirror is a struggle for you, I'd like to pray for you. If honesty is something that's, that's hard, that's hard to do, that's not your first response, I want to pray for you as well. If you're hiding because you're afraid, don't be afraid. I'd like to pray for you as well. So let's bow our heads. And as you bow your heads, as you sit there, allow his presence to come into your heart. If you truly desire an honest heart, an honest relationship with the Lord, invite him in. Say to him, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Father, we pray this. We pray this prayer. We come before you and we thank you that you are not here to condemn, but you are here with a compassionate heart. I pray for every single person that's afraid to face the mirror, afraid of what they'll see there, afraid of what they see in their hearts. But you see far deeper and you have the power to change hearts You have the power to free lives. And I pray for anyone here who's bound in any way because they're afraid of facing the truth. I ask for you to give them courage. May your Holy Spirit pour out over them, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. Come right now and fall on each person. People who are are hungry for righteousness. People who are desperate. People who are looking for the truth people who who want to be set free, I pray for each one of them. Come Holy Spirit, come and fall on them. Show them. Lead them into the light, Lord. Don't leave them alone, Father. Don't leave them alone. Fill them with your presence. Let them know that you are here. You are here. I pray over every chain that keeps people bound, that keeps you bound, we pray in the name of Jesus that they will be broken off, whatever that may be. We pray that it will be broken off. We pray, Lord, that you will open our eyes. Help us to see what you see. Help us to see it, Lord. To see with your eyes. To feel with your heart. To move with your courage. Help us to move, Lord. To 
come before you, to not be afraid of your presence, but come boldly, come humbly. We offer ourselves to you, Lord. I pray that if people are in need of healing, may you bring healing into their lives, Lord. If people are in need of breakthrough, spiritual breakthrough, emotional breakthrough, breakthrough from mental illness, Lord, we lift them up to you, Jesus. We pray in your name, Jesus. We thank you for the freedom that you purchased for us. We see that, we read that on in the Bible about you dying on the cross, about you defeating death through your resurrection. We pray for that very power to breathe life into people, breathe new life into them, Holy Spirit. Breathe new life into them, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.